be that person who really truly enjoys people and cares about them and wants to build them. And that's if you take a look at my email signature, I don't go by or or my business cards. There's it doesn't say CEO, it doesn't say chairman, it doesn't any of those ego titles. It says builder of people. I mean that's because it's a little play in the construction business too, but but that's what I do, right? My job every day is to try and make the people that I come in touch with better and leave them in a better spot. And if I do that every day, then they grow, and if they grow, I grow. It doesn't, the company doesn't grow because Jay makes it grow. The company go, grows because Jay encourages everybody else. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Wow, leaders. Again, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Do I ever have a treat for you? Jason Reed is a serial entrepreneur. He was involved in our business. I, I guess I, I go back, we determined in the podcast over 32 years. And uh, Jason was a uh, worked with Guy Metcalf, one of our most successful operators ever who worked in our business. And we describe who Guy Metcalf is and how successful he was in his, in his career. And, and Jason was his production manager. And he went on to develop a business, our business that expanded to uh, uh, Southern California and then right across the United States, originally called Student Painters, then it became called uh, uh, Student Works and then College Works Painting. Uh, Jason has been the CEO or co-CEO and partner of a $80 million business involving a number of brands, College Works Painting, Empire Works, which is a construction and painting business. Um, uh, Empire Works is, has been a uh, four-time Inc. 500 fastest growing company across the United States four years in a row. He is also a partner of a company called CEO Coaching International, which is a boutique, high, high-end uh, coaching um, company uh, that was uh, formed by another one of our alumni, Mark Moses. And so Jason spends about 12 to 15 hours a week coaching really other elite CEOs. Jay is so wise, so humble, so authentic, uh, shares about all sorts of setbacks he's had in his life, all sorts of enormous uh, you know, losses, also shares about wins, shares about his lessons, shares about you know, his belief of what it takes to be an entrepreneur. You know, he's a true entrepreneur. Um, he talks about partnership. He has been with his partners for over 25 years, and they have been through really hard times, really great times, and he talks about what has made that relationship so successful. So um, there's just so much here in this podcast. I know you're going to love it. And um, I, I would love if you knew of any young people, you know, find me some young Jason Reeds. <laughs> I would just love somebody like that to come join our business and we could make a really, really huge impact as we did with Jason uh, back in the day. So uh, you can go to Chris at leaderspodcast.ca or go to leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and you'll see a landing page to, to get some information to us. So 
Uh, have a fantastic day. And I know you're going to love our podcast. Well, Jason, it is awesome to see you and uh, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thanks, Chris. Always a pleasure seeing you. It's been a lot of years, buddy. I think we're coming up on 30. So I think it's 30 years this year. So it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's it, and it's been a relationship that's worked. I know uh, just just uh, for our listeners, young leaders listening, uh, Jay and I have had a longstanding relationship. We always connect with each other and share over the years and have done business together and uh, just uh, enormous respect, this mutual respect between each other. And uh, um, yeah, it's it's really great. So um, so we're we're gonna uh, some of the some of the I know people sort of have a little bit of a rhythm w- with this program and and just because again Jay's been around for so long, uh, we'll dig into a little bit more of the history of, uh, of 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 student works painting or student painters back in the day. That's what we used to go by. But yep. Jay, tell me, tell me what you were like before our program. Right, right before you got on the air today, or like before? No, before no. Oh, sorry. Before. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was a totally different person 10 minutes ago, Chris. Um, no, I, um, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about that today and I, my life would have probably gone in a completely different direction if I didn't do this program. Because I would, I wouldn't say I was, I had, I don't think I had the work ethic that I had after this program. I didn't have the knowledge of business. I didn't believe in myself that I could actually do the things I could do. Um, so I attribute and as silly as it may sound to people, because it was 30 years ago, I attribute majority of my where I am today is because I started there 30 years ago. It, it changed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, do you, if you do, you remember what was your biggest frustration um, uh, as a as a teenager before you joined the program? I think I was just I was that kid who was just kind of lost. Okay. Like I had, I had jobs, right? I had summer jobs, but I would work 40 hours. If you asked me to work overtime, I'd say no. Right? I, I wanted to finish work and go play golf. Okay. Go party. Because I grew up in Montreal. The drinking age was 18 back then. It still is. But, you know, I was, I was out partying. I, was out doing, I just didn't have – I had zero focus in life. I mean, my, my grades were absolutely horrible. Like I barely made it through high school. Barely okay. spent a couple of years in stage. The only reason I think I got into university at Trent was my, uh, my aunt was in the admissions office. And I think she must have pulled some strings because there's no way I qualified. I hear in the states that's actually illegal now. I know. I, I didn't pay anything, so I, I no, guess I, exactly. The folks weren't paying her, but yeah, it was. No, just, there's uh, no way. I, I mean, I was that guy. I, yeah. So I just had. I was floating through, having fun. Well, that's well, that's neat because the first year I came across you, and the first year we met was you were. Uh, like um, I joined uh, in the third year, fourth year of the business. It was like one operator, then two, then six. And then I joined that year and you joined, I think it was two years later. Um, and, and it really started to explode. The business really started to explode. And you, you got recruited by Guy Metcalf, who is one of our most successful alumni and is really just a unbelievable uh has had an unbelievable career, had an unbelievable career with us. He's just, just for people who don't know, Guy Metcalf is in charge of all of the commercial banking for Morgan Stanley. He is on the board at Morgan Stanley, one of the largest banks in the world. He, he reports directly to the CEO. You know, he, he's been there for decades. Um, I don't know what his net worth is, but it's enormous. And so it's Guy, a little higher than yours and mine, I think. 
100%, a lot higher. And, but he was really, um, he was really amazing. And what was it like working with Guy back in the day in Peterborough? You know, Guy was, uh, occasionally you meet people, even when they're young and you go, that person's going to be something really, really big someday. Yeah. Guy just had this, I mean, you know, he is Arab. It's like, like, holy cow. This guy's, and he hired me as a, as a painter. And then Guy is just like, he's driven. He's a sales guy. He just worked. The guy would work. He taught me how to work. Yes. I did. I'd never seen anyone work like he works. Yeah. And I felt like I had to try to keep up. And, and, try also, to, try to, and Jake, explain what that was. Like, how many hours a day was he working? What was he doing? You know, so so that the 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 our leaders get a get a sense of just how how passionate Guy Metcalf was in it. But Chris, I can tell you that. But these uh, well, kids even believe me these days. <laughs> yeah. Well, the people listening to this podcast will because <laughs> yeah, I know everybody who's been through this program will completely understand. But. Guy was the guy was up at four four thirty five o'clock every morning, running crews, going doing sales, driving all day long. We'd meet at the bar at night, and it'd be eleven o'clock. Guy would fall asleep in front of the speaker, like music's pounding, and the guys sound asleep. And I gotta go nudge him and go, let's go home, right? Yeah. And then he'd go up at four thirty five in the morning. I'd sleep until six or seven because I was. It's funny. I started running as a painter, and I became a foreman. And I realized I don't like this manual labor stuff. And I realized that guy back then wasn't exactly great with people because he's just really, he was a high D, I'm high D. But he's like, if I'm a hundred D, he's like a 400 D. I mean, it's like, he just, he just rubbed people at that age, not the right way. And, I, and I'm a sales guy. I'm like, going, I didn't realize I was a sales guy back then, but I guess I was. I, and I convinced guy that you need someone to run the cruise for you because you're not great with people. Yeah. <laughs> and he bought off on the whole concept. And he said, yeah, you go do that part. Yeah. And then yeah. we, you know, and it was a whole lot of fun because Guy was great with people. He is great with people, but he was just, he was so intense at 19 years of age. Yeah, and just processing all this stuff and trying to figure out. Like, we did 150 thousand dollars worth of business that year. No one had ever done that, and that was back in 1988, 89, whatever it was. 87. 89, 87. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's 87. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. So you and I, it's been 30, 32 years, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. so Guy and I, Guy did it all. I was just his production manager. Yeah. But it was, it was intense. And Guy is a very intense human being. And yeah. Yeah. But yeah. he's going to do some amazing things. Yeah, no. And, and, and so, so I know you went on and managed, then you went on and district managed. Um, and then you, uh, this, this, this business was getting started. We were expanding down to Southern California. So tell us about that and what, what that experience was like. Well, I was, uh, you know, some of your bad habits never change, right? So I was, I was, I never went to class. Yeah. And it was like two and a half years into trend. I was managing the Kaylee bar, um, having a blast and yeah. doing college uh, student painters. And Helmut came to me and said, um, how you do, you want to move down to the States and go work with Mark Moses? And I'm like, I don't know who Mark Moses is, but they're about to kick me out of university and it's going to be wintertime <laughs> soon and it's cold. So I literally packed up my bags. I mean, I think Helmut introduced me to Mark on the phone on Monday. I went back to my parents in Montreal on Thursday. I told my girlfriend like Wednesday and said, and left Sunday, packed up all my bags. Right. And drove down to California. Right. And, and the funny story about this is that I had no money. 
Mm-hmm. Spend, I spent. I've always had a spending problem. Luckily, these days I don't have an earning problem. Back back then, I didn't <laughs> enough to keep up my spending problem. Yeah. Um, and so I'd spend everything I made that summer, and I, and I had great summers. Right? Great. I was did very very well. Yeah, you were DMing. Yeah. It was fine. And I remember, I remember you had a spending problem. That's but right. I, I had a seven thousand dollars sell bill from the summertime because that's when cell phones just came out and they were ridiculous. So crazy, yeah. Um, but I get down to California and I arrive, and I have fifty bucks in my pocket. And I arrive on my 29th birthday. I know, I'm sorry, my twenty second birthday. Right. And I have fifty dollars in my pocket. I go to meet my new roommate, Peter McDonald, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, "What am I going to do?" So I, I, I do the only thing I know how to do. I buy a bottle of Bailey's and I buy a bottle of whiskey, and I go. I'm here, and I and that's Friday night, and we and I successfully avoided the tab all weekend long, because we went out partying, did a bunch of stuff. And Monday morning, I'm meeting with Mark, and we're meeting in the pool. Is where yeah. all the condos together. And I go, I go, Mark, I'm just so excited to be here. I'm so he's like, it's great here, and I'm like, I got one little issue. He says, what is it? Well, I need thirty five hundred dollars because I don't have the money for my first month's rent. I don't have money for my car payments, like three weeks past due. I've got no room on my credit cards. I actually have no cash at all. If you don't give me $3,500, I'm homeless in California. And I have no way to get home. And I have no way to get home. And that's how I arrived in California, completely homeless and broke. Uh, it was now, I guess, uh, 30 years ago. 30, 30 years ago. This, yeah. 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 Now you fast was- forward 30 years and I am still homeless and broke. Now I'm not. Back. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, you are not, Jason. No, you are not. So, so, uh, so yeah, so, so, um, you know, why don't, why don't we, why don't you sort of walk through, um, you know, just kind of your, your career path and, 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 and things you learned at the different, different rates. And, and I guess in many ways, kind of, uh, in some ways, you know, you've stayed with, uh, in an alternative universe of student painters, because, you know, we, we can explain that. Maybe you can explain that, what Mark was doing, et cetera. Yeah. So Mark obviously um, decided it was better off to loan me $3,500 and to get rid of me. And I started as a, as a GM in Southern California and I started recruiting and I, and, and like I, my work ethic developed through student painters. Yeah. And at this point I was relentless. Um, I don't think anyone works as much yeah. as guy Metcalf works. You're a very hard worker, and Mark's a very hard worker. And by the way, just so so everyone knows, Mark is now one of Jay's best friends, and and he's the he's the CEO of uh, uh, coaching. Is it CEO Coaching International? CEO Coaching International, where I'm a partner at as well, which I'll, I'll get into in a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so Mark and I have done three tours of duty together, as I like to call it. And I still have a little PTSD from the first two. So right. <laughs> Um, but here, here's what it comes down. So I, I started working with Mark. I was a GM in Southern California. I'm recruiting. We're driving the business, and it's work hard, play hard. Like we're we're here out hammering, recruiting all day till Friday night. I right. come back in. Mark's waiting on his boat. He's got fresh people on the boat, new new people to meet. I jump on the boat. We party all weekend. I get get in the car Sunday. Go back out recruiting for the week, and that's right. The, right? And then and then we everybody knows the student painter cycle. So we're out there. We estimates the weekend. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. So I do that for a couple of years, and then Mark and his partner Helmet have kind of a falling out, and yes. and that didn't go as well. And they had a shotgun agreement, and Helmet agreed to buy Mark out. Right, and and that was like a a, a bit of a challenge, but. That went on. Um, and, you know, fast forward to 1993. And by this point, Spencer and I, my partner, were VPs running the business. Um, right. For Mark and then for Helmet. 
and that kind of had a, a little falling out. And then by 1993, Spencer and I ended up with the business. Right. And so here we are. Um, 1993, I would have been 25 years of age trying to figure out, oh, now I'm an entrepreneur. Because you all, we all like to think of ourselves as entrepreneurs in the student painting business, but it's not the same as putting on your big boy pants. Right. And really financing all that it takes to finance and being really responsible for all the stuff that it takes. Oh, suddenly you got payroll and you have no money because you're in a seasonal business. <laughs> yeah. I went to my in-laws. It's going to sound like all I do is borrow money. I went to my in-laws and said, hey, I know we're getting married. We just got married last month. I need to borrow $25,000 because I started this business. and. Uh, <laughs> oh, <God>. so yeah <laughs> so and that, that was, but that was a long time ago right so we evolved so the business grows the business grows um we and all of a sudden mark's in a new business and it's in the uh mortgage business and he calls up one day and says hey why don't you guys come and join me have matt and jeff take over your those are our two partners uh, right. said, why don't you have them take over uh the student painting business you guys come over here i want to grow this mortgage business really big Right. I say, you know, I've never done anything else besides the student painting business. Maybe that'd be fun. Right. So we go over there. I'm head of sales. And long story short there, we, we, we were number 10 on the Inc. 500, uh, one of the fastest growing companies in LA. We um, went from 28 people to 350 people in a very short period, period of time. Um, and that business had a course run, but the mortgage business eventually changed. So meanwhile, we have the student painting business on the side, which we're trying to grow, trying to figure out. And Matt and Jeff, my, my partners and Spencer's partner now, the four of us are equal partners now, they're running that business. Mortgage business kind of goes sideways and I decide I'm going to leave. And right. I'm going to the student painting business. Right. I go back over there trying to figure out where I fit in. Right. So where I end up fitting in is um, I took a, a, a job as a CEO, not a job, I took an equity stake in a, in a um how much, how much detail do you want, Chris? This, this no, I'm actually, I think this is really fascinating. Again, just to make sure that all our leaders are, are, are catching, are, are catching this, um, you know, Platinum, Platinum Capital was a really, really powerful company. Jay was involved in really growing that out. Um, and then he came back and, uh, um, you got involved in another, in another startup. So yeah, no, I think this is really great because it's kind of the life of an entrepreneur. So here, here's what I learned in student painters. Yeah which has been with me my entire life. I have the belief that I got when I was there that I can do anything I want to do if I just work hard enough at it. Right. So one day I'm around our office dealing with our tech guys and they're working on our software and they say, Hey, we've got a meeting up in Cisco in Silicon Valley on Wednesday. And we're all like 20 and we need somebody who looks older. Can you come up and be our CEO for the day? I'm like, so okay. California, so California. <laughs> so, so we get on the plane, we go up and, and I play CEO for the day and we close the deal with Cisco, which turned out to be a pretty big deal for them. And on the flight back, they said, Hey, you want to be the CEO? And I said, sure. Right. And so we ran through a tech company for a few years, eventually merged all those guys into um, what is now national services group. So, so National Services Group is the, is the company that I own with my partners today. And it was student painters, which the version of student painters down here in the States is College Works Painting, three states. And we operate that, Spencer, Jeff, Matt, and myself. Now, they actually operate that. I, I do other stuff with us. But we own um, 
let's see, Commodore's Painting. Home Genius Exteriors is a new brand we have that is all window setting and roofing on the East Coast mainly, actually East Coast and West Coast, on single family homes. So we're doing that. Um, and we have an inspector model that ties to College Works where we send guys out to look for wood rot, wood inspection, siding, anything that needs to be done before the houses are painted. And we tie that into College Works. And in the side of the business I actually spend most of my time on is um, Empire Works. And that's Empire Works Reconstruction Painting. We're in uh, 10 markets as the traditional Empire business. And that is reconstruction and siding on HOAs and homeowners associations, condos, as you guys would call them. We operate, there, we're 500 people now, full-time, and it's a year-round business. It does about $55, $60 million, and just built out a new division in Florida that specifically deals with home, um, with defect work, right. so defect work, and that's a completely different business, separate setup, um, but I'm really excited about that because that'll be, that's going to grow significantly in a couple of years. Um, right. And so, so, and, and I know we're loading a lot on our listeners here, but mostly we're loading a lot on our listeners because that's what Jay, Jay's chosen to do with his life. You just, you just do so much. And on top of that, you are also a partner in CEO Coaching International. So, so, and so we're going to get your kind of your resume down or the things that you do, and then we're going to kind of backtrack, but at CEO Coaching International, what do you do there and how many hours a week do you spend uh, in that role, uh, Jason? CEO Coaching International is a boutique CEO coaching firm that operates, well, we coach people all around the world. Right. um, The majority of our coaches are guys that run $100, $200 million, billion dollar businesses. And so we're very unique in the fact that our guys, all of our coaches have actually been very successful at their, their, they do. And right. I am there because I was the first coach. Not, right. because, not because I run a billion dollar business. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Mark had called me seven years ago and said, hey, do you, can you have some time? Can you coach this person? So it evolved for me. Right. But I coach guys, to give you an idea. I've got guys in the, uh, that are out of Silicon Valley that are venture back to compete with Grubhub. I've got all the way to guys that are in Europe and in the Czech Republic and are all around um, Asia. And they built all these amazing glass sculptures that hang in like the Dubai mall and palaces all around the world. And then in between I've got contractors and I've got a private jet business and there's like 18 different clients. Um, And luckily a lot of them are on the East coast. So I coach early in the morning. I was on vacation with my wife the last few days and I'll get up at four 30 in the morning. I'll go out in the dark by, by the ocean and I'll coach from five till the sun comes up and around nine or 10, I'll go back out and hang out with my wife. For right. But I'm the kind of guy who I stay really, really busy, but coaching for me is probably 10, 12 hours a week. Right. Uh, and, and, and it keeps me really fresh because they say, if you want to get really good at something, teach it. Yes. I'll, I'll be constantly working with someone and say, like, and you need to do this. And how about this? And I'll go, wow, I'll make a note going, I should do that too, because I don't do that anymore. <laughs> That that is that is and that is so true. Like you know, one of the things I've always found is being in front of the room and telling people this is how this is what you should do or these are the habits you should follow. It really makes it makes me look in the mirror and say, Am I following those habits? Right? Am I doing those things? So so I can see that in those coaching relationships. Another thing I can see is is you know just learning so much more about business to actually bring great ideas back to your business. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I do that all the time. There's a lot of crossover. But yeah. something I should say is that, you know, it sounds like, oh my gosh, this guy does all this stuff. Well, I do all this stuff with a lot of great partners. Yes. This is not me. Right. 
this is I, I, there's no way as an individual I could go do all this stuff. I've got amazing teams and partners of people that do this with me. Yeah, and I'm a less important part of all this than people might think. Yeah, no. really them driving all this. I'm here to help and support. But another big thing that for people to realize is that um, I got here not on a straight line. No, for sure. Well, almost bankrupt twice. At point, one point took me, uh, during our Home Depot days, Chris, that you and I shared together, it took me five years to recover from that, right? It's yeah. like the, the losses that we, that we suffered in that business took five years. There's yes. been, I was doing a talk for something different where I, um, I put together all the slides of all the companies I failed at that I have. Right. And there's 13 freaking companies on the slide. They don't all fit on the one slide. I'm like, I had the guys off and I'm like, I mean, um, but there are, there's 13 failures, right? There's 13 <laughs> companies that I thought were going to be big companies because my role in our organization was always to go start the new stuff, try the new stuff, try, you okay. know, guys are going to stay there, focus in, Matt and Jeff are focusing on, on college works and Spencer's focusing on that. And it's like, Jay, you go try this other stuff, see what's going to happen. Right. And that's right. how it kind of happened. These Mike Profond came to us with the idea, but, but I, I've always been the new guy, the new startup guy. Yeah. But with that, there is, it's stressful, it's not fun, and there's a lot of failure. So where I sit today at 52 is different than when I sat at 40 and 45. But yeah. again, you go back to the lessons, right? I learned how to take the hits when I was 18 and 19 at Student Painters. Like right. I learned how to deal with multiple jobs and, and people yelling at me and jobs going bad and having to deal with the stress. Like that, that stuff was real. Those lessons were real. Those getting early in the morning to move crew kits and just being sick to your stomach because you're stressed about the day, not being able to sleep through the night because you're just like, Oh my gosh, I can't sleep because the world's falling apart. Right. Right. Those lessons, if you don't learn them young enough and you don't learn them at all. You can never do the stuff that you and I did. Hey leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, Every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. Yeah, no, and 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 I think as well, like I, like thinking back as well, Jay, you know, you ran, you were part of running a hundred and fifty thousand dollar business with inflation. If I was smarter, but that's like four hundred, five hundred thousand dollar business in today's dollars. So then, well, remember, know, our average job size was seven hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. So just you know, do the do the math, and and uh, and and then and then your first summer, you were a hundred k operator. So how you always did things, you know, any the first I met you was full out. And so, so you've continued to do things full out and you're right. It, it is really stressful. And then uh, for whatever reason, and, and I think many, many entrepreneurs are like this is they, they end up bumping into, um, uh, you know, problems like, cause you, cause you're not going to get the wins without the problems, you know, and, and, 
you know, so, so, you know, what do you, what do you consider some of your, you know, big mistakes, Jay? And, 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 you know, and what did you, what did you learn from them? Cause that's one of the questions I ask all the time. Jay, Jay chuckle. Um, I mean, how much time do you have, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all, all, all I, my, my life is a, is a graveyard of big mistakes with a couple of wins. And, and I think that's, the, I think that's the first thing people have to realize is that it's not about a string of wins. Right. It's about a massive string of failures and a few big wins in between, right? I mean, it was 13 failures in businesses before we ever hit on Empire until I realized, okay, here's the formula. Right. Here's how you actually get a business to roll the way you need to roll, right? So, um, look, there's, there's failures from believing my own press, mm-hmm. believing that just because we'd started the student painting business, mm-hmm. we'd be good at this, 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 and this. Yes. yes. We were, right. And, and you were part of that. We, we, we were doing something together back then. And, yeah. and we, we thought we were smarter than everybody else because we had success in one business. And so that was a big mistake. Um, partnering with a big company, a big, big box company, thinking those guys are going to be smarter than us because they're, they're running a multi-billion dollar business. And then you get there and realize, oh my gosh, they're not smarter than us. And they're just afraid to lose their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't play to win. They play not to lose. Yeah. Yeah. And they go, Oh, what have I done? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And for, for listeners, that business went from zero to like, you know, 20, $20 million in the course of like three, four years. Like, so massive. We we were winning on some ways, right? Yes. Yes. We we had systems and process. We didn't have the right part. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So, but, but I mean, those are all lessons you learn. I mean, l- the lessons in terms of, you know, partnerships. I've had the same partners. Yeah. All these years. Jeff and Mass- what, since 1993 have been partners. And you guys have gone through, I, and, and, you know, um, you know, to our listeners and, and young leaders, I am, I consider myself good friends with all four of, of Jay's Absolutely. partners. They're, they're just really, really amazing people. What do you think, what are some of the key reasons why that partnerships, you know, sustained and sustained through real problems, like real challenges, like, you know, you're really tested when you've lost, it's been millions of dollars together and, and really looking at the cliff, you know, at times, you know, so what's, 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 uh, what do you think is, is the reason for the success of the partnership, Jay? So I, I think you have to treat a partnership like a marriage, mm-hmm. right? You have to realize there's going to be good times and bad times. Yeah. You have yeah. to realize you're in it together. Yeah. You have to realize there's times you're going to bicker. And yeah. that's you have to communicate. Mm-hmm. You have to spend the time on the relationship. Yeah. And you have to want to be there. Right. Right. And you have to commit to it because times when you don't want to be there. Yeah. You have to commit to it. Yeah. So yeah. that's what we've all done, right? Yeah. We've taken the time to be together. We've taken yeah. the time. We, we don't blame each other. There's yeah. plenty of blame to go around on things. Yeah. No, I mean, no. And you don't. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. You don't. I mean, like, it's like if I lost a million here, they lost a million there, or, what, or, I, or I lost maybe five million. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's never a sense of get Jay out of here or get Matt out of here. Something happens. It's always like, all right, how do we fix it? What What's we the do? next step? What's yeah. the next thing? We are in it forever together. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably, right. And, the, yeah. and over 30 years or 25 years together, one's up, one's down, one's up, one's down. But the, the, the truth is, whoever's not performing, because their business isn't performing as well as you want it to, there's no doubt in anybody's mind that person wants to get, 
break back up on top because we're competitive as crap, right? And nobody wants to be at the bottom. Exactly, exactly. And when there's a problem, and this is what some people have never realized about us because they try to you know, maybe try to break us apart in some weird way, right? Thinking it's right. Going um, man, when we're in our toughest spots, we circle the wagons and protect each other. You can't. Now, when we're doing great and making a lot of money, we'll bicker like you know, tomorrow. But when there's a problem, one of us is in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, well, you know, knowing each of you very well, there is an understanding of each other's strengths and weaknesses, and that's okay. Hey, Matt's just like that. Jeff's like that. Jay, Jay, Jay's like that. Spencer's like, you know, like, and that's okay. It's like, and it's one of those things in life. Um, I, and I think one of the most important things in successful relationships is I choose, you know, my, my, my partner for everything they are and everything they aren't. Right. Like there really is something. And I see that you you have that. And that's a really great thing. And again, it's like we're in it together and we're just going to we're going to get through it. And, uh, you know, the reality is there have been a lot more wins than losses and that there have been consistent through fray, you know, just a through fair of, you know, consistent wins in, in, in the businesses, you know have been winning. Empire has been winning consistently, but at times they've been down. You're right. You know, college works has been winning consistently over the years, you know, so, but I hear you, I hear what I you're mean, saying. I mean, honestly, I mean, yes, we have really successful businesses. We employ two and a half thousand people around the country. It's, there's no, we, we're doing great. Right. And in our new stuff is developing and doing awesome. Um, we, we're, we're, you know, when we look at the stuff, we're looking at how do you get to a quarter billion dollars in revenue in the next five, 10 years? Yeah, exactly. Five or ten. Right? Yeah, those days are over with. We're already way past that, right? So, but yeah. So I like to talk about the losses, and I like to talk about the, the dumb stuff I've done over the years. Right. The reality is that's where the lessons are. If I yeah. if I sit here and tell you all the wonderful things I've gone on in my life, there's no lessons. You want to hear about all the great decisions I made? There's no lessons. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and I get the, you know, the, the, the humility and the lessons and the learning and again, letting someone know, you know, cause this is one of our, our things is, is letting someone know that to a certain extent, that's part of what venturing out in, in into entrepreneurial world is about, but what would you, what would you advise someone or, 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 you know, uh, any, any, any thoughts about someone thinking about, you know, becoming an entrepreneur after the days uh, uh, through university? I think, you have to be realistic about what it's going to take. I was never smart enough to take the route of, of Guy Metcalf or Dave Fear. Right. Where they go into the corporate world and find a way to become big in the corporate world. Right. I was the scrappy guy who had to go become an entrepreneur. I think that if you're going to be an entrepreneur because you think you're going to make a lot of money, don't be an entrepreneur. Right? Because it's not worth the money. It's definitely not worth the money. And, you, and I, I, I sit here today and I've done well. But all the ups and downs and pain, I mean, I don't know what the real math on it is, but I think we must all age like two years for every year we work, right? Because <laughs> the under, when you're trying, when you can't make payroll, you think the whole thing's going to fall apart. You don't have that fear in a job. Right. And yeah. You do this because you're passionate about being your own person, being building a business and building it with people. Um, if you do it for the money, it's not worth it. Like when I look at why we do what we do, like there, I'm 52. The guys are all around the same age. We're not looking at retiring. We're all going, why would we? We're yeah. doing what we want to do with our best friends. And yes, it's tough. And yes, it's challenging. But yeah. this is what we do. We yeah. build businesses together. Right? right. Yeah. I could have maybe made more money doing something else. I don't know. Right. 
guy probably guy did right so oh for sure yeah. i'm not as smart as he is but there's people who have made more money not being entrepreneurs in fact if you take a look at it in the long run if they charted this and i don't think anyone's really ever charted it from you know with the amount of businesses that actually fail and you chart the amount of people start as entrepreneurs versus starting a job and yeah. you compare the path uh people who take regular jobs probably do a hell of a lot better in the long run on average yeah no i think i think there really is something something to that and it really is like you said that 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 commitment, that cause. And I know you really are really vested in your people, you know, and, 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 you know, for our leaders, that's how you grow a really big business. You know, Jay, Jay really trusts his people. The people trust Jay. They, they, they have a, you know, profit sharing, equity sharing program, uh, you know, throughout, throughout the business where, where, where people are aligned, their goals are aligned, their, their, their targets are aligned, you know, cause otherwise you can't run a business throughout how many, you know, dozens of States you're in. Yeah, you know, I can't keep my hands on all the things I do if I want to have yeah. my hands on all the things I do. I mean, I have people in all of our businesses who are leaders that run it, who have equity in it, that had meaningful equity in it. And <laughs> yes. So when I'm going to bed at night. I'm not worried about Northern California, Florida, San Diego, wherever, whatever state you want to mention, right? Because I know I've got guys who wake up every day and that's what they worry about. Exactly. And, and when I go to hang out with them, it's, I mean, I've got a great life. I'm, I'm the luckiest guy I know because I have to hang with all my best friends and work with them. Yes. Yeah. Right? So I, I, go, I go travel to a state to go see somebody. I'm going to see my buddy. And we go hang out. We're going to drink some wine and have some fun and talk about business. When the phone rings, I never go, oh, my gosh, it's that person. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that person. Okay, great. I'm going to chat with them now. Get, get to talk, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, how, that's how this works. If you, can't, if you can't be that person who really, truly enjoys people and cares about them, and wants to build them. And that's, if you take a look at my email signature, I don't yeah. go by, or, or my business cards. There's, it doesn't say CEO, it doesn't say chairman, it doesn't, yeah. any of those ego titles, it says builder of people. Yeah. I mean, because it's a little play in the construction business too, but, but that's what I do, right? My job every day is to try and make the people that I come in touch with better. Yes. And leave them in a better spot. And if yeah. I do that every day, then they grow, and if they grow, I grow. It doesn't. The company doesn't grow because Jay makes it grow. The company go grows because Jay encourages everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, Jay to have the life he wants to be. Yeah. So, so Jay, when you see, think back to you know when you left university, uh, um, what did you have to change about yourself to you know become the value creator that you are now? First thing I had to do was start getting up in the morning because I wasn't getting up very early in the morning when I was in university. <laughs> right. I had to change. I always worked hard in the summertime when it was student painting season. Right. right. Once the university started now, I, what did I have to change? It wasn't so much that I, I just had to commit. Right. I had to come in and say, this is what I do now. So when I arrived in, in California, I was 12, 14 hours a day. Yeah. I'm still 12, 14 hours a day. Yeah. Right. Because that's what it takes. And there's no on and off thing. That's the other thing with being an entrepreneur is that this idea is five o'clock and you're not going to answer your phone anymore or it's Sunday. Well, that doesn't work. Yeah. You're yeah. either always on and you're an entrepreneur and a successful one or probably not. Right. So that's, that was a big thing. Right. Right. Um, um, and then, and then if someone wanted to, to do what you do, what key habits would they want to steal from you? To do what I do? Yeah. I think it's all about 
all I care about is finding the right people. And all I care about is supporting those people. All I care about is what do those people want and how I, how do I help them get that? Right. I don't care about me in that sense. I get taken care of along the way in the process, yeah. but I'm never one that sits there and goes, how much money am I making? Oh my gosh, I'm writing this bonus check and that's so horrible. I got to write all this money to somebody. It's like, I get to write this bonus check to this guy. This is exciting. Yeah, for sure it is. Yeah. So the thing that makes me me think is that I care more about everybody else than I do myself. Yeah. And sometimes that hasn't always been good for me, but I'm going to go with the fact that it's, it works just fine along. Yeah, no. And I, and again, knowing you well and knowing your partners well and knowing the structures you've set up, it really, it really has worked well. And, and that there's a, a structure by helping everyone win, they win. And yes, as a result, you win as well. You know, so there's no question, but, but I get it. You know, I wake up every day focused on, on helping my people win. And again, helping them figure out what they're missing, what they're not getting, what they need to know. You've um, always been great. That's the one, one of the big things I've always remembered about you when I was a kid is that you cared the same thing. You cared more about everybody else than you did yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and again, it's getting the structure right to make sure that, you know, again, you know, uh, at times the business didn't do as well because there wasn't as, as solid a structure around me. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, so that it all, it all works, that that works. And that's, and that's also why, why again, Jay, it's kind of like, we work so much better in teams, you know, it's like, you've got other smart people around you. And I know you've pointed to this a whole number of times during the podcast. It's, it's, it can't just be one person. You can't handle everything. You can't, you know, especially at the scale of the businesses you're, you're running, right? You need really smart people to be looking at all the different parts. I need people a lot smarter than yeah. me. Yeah. I need people a lot smarter than Absolutely. Me. So and that's all I find. All I care yeah. about. Finding really, really people who want to work So, so Jay, when you, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? When I think of the leaders of tomorrow, I hope that they're looking at this world we're living in right now and realizing it's not complete, not going to stay this way. What I mean by that is that we're back to 19, late 1990s when the, when the bubble crashed. We're back to businesses building and growing that have no profitability and no, no profitability in sight. Right. And that ended poorly historically. Yeah. And it went poorly again. So my fear is that people are looking at this going, Oh, I just need to start up this idea and then people will give me a billion dollars. And I don't have to make any money. Um, we work great example to go in public. If the real estate market changes and vacancies drop by 15%, that business doesn't make any money now and we'll be out of business. Right. Uber doesn't make a dollar. Uber won't make any money until they either double pricing, which they don't want to do, or they're self-driving cars. How do you start a business and grow a business on the idea that we'll only be profitable when a technology that does not even exist yet exists? So, and there's a lot more examples like yeah. this, right? So when I think of the leaders of tomorrow, I would only caution them to go, you might be an Uber. You're probably not going to be. But if you stick to the fundamentals of how to run a good business and you stick to the idea that business needs to be profitable, because that's why it exists, then you'll be fine. Yeah. But don't look at the unicorns, the guys who won the lottery and got really, really lucky with the idea they know what they're doing. Um, Tesla doesn't make a dollar. Elon Musk's companies have never made any money. People keep giving him money. Right. His companies have never made any money. Right. He's a brilliant. He's, I mean, he is, his mind is like so gigantic in how he right. thinks. He doesn't have to make money. Yeah. 
if you want to be a true business leader, you need to know how to run a profitable company. And you need to focus on the fundamentals and the fundamentals are people. Well, no, that's really, I, I, love, I, I love that question because we get so many amazing answers and I loved your answer. And it really reflects back on, you know, Jay and I have been kicking around a while now, right? You know, and, and, and decades and seeing this. And, and again, you know, Jay was referring to our leaders, the dot-com boom, where all sorts of businesses got funded and literally did not make money. And yes, there were some businesses that came through there and were successful, but the vast majority of them failed. And that we have entered an area over the last number of years where these companies are getting funded. There's no, they're, they're, they're not making money as Jay was describing. And it, and it just, it, from, from, it just doesn't make sense, you know, ult, ult, ultimately, you know, and, and some of them I'm sure will make it, but many will fail, you know, just because fundamentally you have to create profit. I don't believe in the model. I, I get, I get asked to coach people who want to go through that model. So it doesn't matter, Jay. I'm like, then find another coach. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not the guy for yeah. it. I believe a business needs to make money, take care of its customers and its employees and do all three things. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But if, if you really want to know the best thing you can learn about business, the best way to do it is probably to read my new book. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> so I wrote this book because the world has too many business books. And if you take a look at most business books, they will say, hire slow, fire fast, and give you 10 pages of why that right. works. But if I say to you, hire slow, fire fast, you know exactly what it right. means. You just don't do it all yes. the time. And we all have stacks of business books we haven't read. Yes. Because no one reads any. Yeah. So that's why I wrote this. Because this is for all of us entrepreneurs with ADD. And you have a nice, simple saying on one side and an amazing illustration to help you remember. On the other side. So in this book, business is easy. We make it hard because we don't do the 110 things or so that are in this book. And you can keep this on the corner of your desk and glance at it. There's no page numbers in it. There's no, none of that. It's just for you to glance at it and remind yourself of the stuff you need to do. This may be the only business book you, you and I need. Right. Exactly. So it's <laughs> Jason Reed, Business is Easy. And it's at October 15th. Sorry. It'll be on October 15th. October 15th, 2019. Again, yep. one more project Jason is, is, is involved with. And by the way, he did not cover near all of them. <laughs> Jason, you are just so uh, unique and different and uh, such a value creator. Um, and um, I know I, I love the idea of the book. I know as soon as I saw Jay start to publicize it, I said, yes. I want one of those. I think that is, that is so great because one of the biggest things about life is we, especially once, you know, we, it's, it's not what we know, it's what we do. And so a lot of times what we do is, is impacted by, or, or it's always impacted by what we're, we're reminded of. And it's like, yeah, that, that, that'll remind me. And okay. Like you said, it's, it's those things that I know to do. Am I doing it right? And, and like you were saying earlier about your coaching. You're, you're, you're busy coaching people and you're going, ah, that reminds me, I need to do that. Well, and I think it's, you have to believe you can do more than you actually can. You have to try, mm -hmm. right? And most people give up too easily. Most people don't want to work hard enough. They go and gets a little tough. They go, oh, this isn't for me. How many times do we see people in the student painter world? They start, they knock on doors, they don't get some leads. They go, 
oh, it must be the business. It's not in this city or this model doesn't work or blah, 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 blah. Those people don't go on to do amazing things. I can tell you right now, they're not going to be on your podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. No. No. They're really not. The, the, the guy Metcalfs of the world never did that. They went out there and knocked on doors, didn't get leads, say, well, I'm going to I it must be me. I'll find exactly. Going to get some coaching. Going to put more time in. Going to put more effort in. And uh, and just just I know I know it's true that life is just way more fun when you're just you know J- J- Jason uh, you know for our listeners he's always outside that comfort zone. You know you're always you know on the edge of the comfort zone. You know not way outside, but just you're on the edge. You're you're taking on new project. You're looking to grow your business. You're you're always looking to do more. And again, um, uh, you know. Why am I running this podcast is for young leaders to listen and hear and sort of say, wow, um, that excites me. That interests me. Yeah, I think we're, we're, you know, we're, we're looking for, 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 for guides for, for the future to sort of say. And by the way, I know, Jay, it, what's true as well for, for some people, especially people not listening to the podcast, that's not what interests them. They don't want to live that type of life. And that's OK. Right. There's all sorts of great ways to go through life. You know, but obviously, you know, we're here sort of talking about uh, about, you know, the way we do it. <laughs> so. So, Jay, thank you very much for coming and joining me around your uh, your your crazy life. And uh, it's just been awesome. Well, thanks for joining me in my wine cellar today, Chris. <laughs> so so for everyone to know that that refers to Jason's got a picture behind him. Uh, if, if you don't see the video format of this, of, of, a, of a great wine cellar. Um, so it looks awesome. And I'll, I'll bring you right. I'll bring you right to the beach right now. Because the Zoom screen, if you've never used it, is, is absolutely. Now he's now he's got a, a, a beautiful sunset from the beach. Is that the Sonic Santa Monica Pier? behind you it's 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 somewhere off of google i'm not really sure where it actually okay is. okay cool <laughs> well fantastic all right chris thank you very much for your time um love chatting with you i think your podcast is amazing and uh hopefully i gave you something what you wanted today oh you totally did thanks so much buddy okay talk soon hey leaders i hope you enjoyed this episode by now you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.